It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design with Jason and friends. It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, August sixteenth, and you're listening to episode four hundred and eighty-one. As always, I am your host, Jason, and as promised. As promised on the last episode, we made it work out. Julio is back in the house. What? No way. Two episodes it. in a row? I feel so, I so... I mean, it's fine. I'm back, everybody. The, the listeners are excited. The listeners are excited to have you back. So I'm Good sure be back. they know you're up to be back. To be fantastic. Back. Now, just as, as a little <laughs> background, you know, time works a little differently in podcasts. So we actually have <laughs> some stuff in the middle that we can talk about because it's actually been a little over two right. weeks since we actually recorded yeah. the last one. Uh-oh, inside Indeed. inside information. But uh, <laughs> it, it's good because ultimately things have happened. So we got some cool st- uh, things to talk about, or at least I do anyways. <laughs> I, I'll talk all about my vacation so <laughs> that I took for a week and a half. Oh, you had a vacation. So nice. Wow. I did. So I'll I'll start with that since it's not about games. So we went to the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, uh, the UP, as we call it here in Michigan. I live in southern well, West Michigan, and we went up there. Uh, so we spent some time uh, uh, camping uh, north of uh, west, sorry, of St. Ignace, which is in the Upper Peninsula, about 16 miles outside of of St. Ignace, which is not a super big town. It's a small city. Um, and uh, we were camping there for six nights with the kids. Nice. Um, then we we went so many places. We went to Mackinac Island, my favorite place in the whole world. Uh, spent a nice day there. We uh, we biked eight miles and then walked another seven. Wow. So, now, was that was on the whole trip or day. just one day? No, that was that day. That was nice. that day. Yeah. No, we walked about seven miles a day on average, um, just, you know, just getting around doing place, you know, doing stuff and going places. Um, we went to a lot of, a lot of different fun places. I love it up there. Uh, there's just a lot of cool things to see. The kids really like it. And the campground we were at, uh, is actually, um, it's called Lake Michigan campground, which is funny to me because there's of course, you know, thousands of campgrounds, <laughs> well, hundreds of campgrounds on Lake Michigan, but this one is actually, um, it's in the Hiawatha national forest. And uh, which you probably know a thing or two about Julio, at least have heard of being your line forest, of work. at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, the Hiawatha National Forest, uh, the where the campground is, it's where it's about 50 yards from the shore of Lake Michigan. You walk over a small wooded dune and you're on the beach. Uh, and because it's a small camp campground with 33 sites, uh, you literally have a private beach to share with 33 other sites. So like there's never more than like one other family out there on this super long campground. Cool. Uh, and it's amazing. So we had, we had a great, great week, came back feeling refreshed and ready to, to jump on it with some stuff again. So that, that, that sounds great. I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, I, I used to be a boy scout. So as a little background, you know, builders out there know that I work for the forest service, but I always wanted to be an engineer as a, as a child. And, you know, nature and engineering didn't always match up from my perspective. And <laughs> when this job uh, became available as a, as a, it was an internship originally, I thought, you know, this would be perfect because obviously I love nature, but I love engineering as well. So 
Uh, I could use my skills as an engineer to, in a sense, protect the resource. So, so I'm glad that worked out. So, but funnily enough, since even I, I stopped being a Boy Scout, I haven't camped. So it's been it's been a couple of years. Um, it is something that I that I have enjoyed, and now that you know having the baby and all that as he grows o- uh, older, hopefully we'll get back into that. So that's cool that that you that you did that. But builders don't want to really listen about vacations they want to listen about design related <laughs> topics and stuff so uh, like they love i said our vacations <laughs> yeah you're just rubbing it in their faces um <laughs> so uh i so like i said it's been two weeks since i was last on the podcast but for y'all was last week um i had some cool stuff going on so i did mention that i went into kind of like a contract type work with a publisher Mm -hmm. uh for to design a game and that's going really well uh they are really excited to be working with me uh they didn't know anything about at first about me but i kind of throughout showing them what i've done so far on the project they're they're very impressed and i shared something on twitter for those of you that have twitter out, uh, out there a little dice mechanism that i did for for the project that i'm working on there and it's really cool it's a it's a little uh, 3D printed uh, tool that you essentially put dice on the top and not only shuffles dice, like, you know, rolls dice, but it cha- it determines different directions of where the dice fall. So you have, it's like a hexagon and you throw the dice on the top and you get results and different locations of those results. Uh, so it's something that looks really, really slick. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. I, you know, I came up with the idea and I designed the 3D model for it. And I printed it, and it worked. So it, it it came together quickly there. So obviously, it opens up a lot of really cool possibilities for other designs. So I'm definitely not going to be limiting it to just that one. But obviously, I'm still using it for for that design, which is coming together uh, really well. It is a big project, but uh, hopefully, I can share more about that in the future. Now, as you all know, uh, I'm actually it's actually almost uh, less than two weeks uh, as of this recording that the gathering will be going on and and i'm gonna be going there and and for that i've been preparing a lot of prototypes to bring with me and just to play test and even show some publishers i uh, about you know uh, two months before the gathering i was sending emails to the publishers that i knew were going to be attending and there's a lot of them that i actually haven't met uh in the past not even pitched to before and a lot of them are going some of them are not because especially with everything going on kind of going back into a new wave or something but uh it's, mm-hmm. it is kind of a requirement to be vaccinated to be on that so that's uh at least a little oh that's that's good yeah that's yeah. i'm actually super impressed by that that's fantastic yeah so uh now i i was getting a lot of prototypes ready but uh some publishers got back to me and said i sent a portfolio to them and, and some said you know let me I'm not going to be there, but I would like to see some of these games. And, you know, I had a portfolio of about 16, 18 games. And and one publisher <laughs> wanted to see, like, 11 of them. Uh, and I'm like, sure, let's do it. And and it took me, like, it was like a, almost a two-hour meeting of just going game after game after game. And and they were there. They, they had an interest in a lot of them. So uh, they had interest in eight of the games uh, just to, to wow, play them. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and they actually don't like tabletop simulators, so they wanted to get uh, copies of the game. So I actually didn't have a copy of one of the games. Uh, so I sent uh, I sent seven of the eight, 
And funnily enough, I got a call from them uh, today uh, just to ask some questions about some rules. And, and I got like four calls uh, today about different games. So they were going through <laughs> the games, a, a couple of the games today. So hopefully I can, uh, I'll hear more about that uh, in the future. But it, that, that does mean that I am down seven prototypes. So, <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah. So I, I've been kind of scrambling to get a couple of the easier ones done while I've been working on all, all the other stuff. And of course, uh, life. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, obviously it's, it's exciting and, uh, I've, I, I'll bring, I'll be bringing prototypes. I just won't have everything that I'll be, uh, that I'm, that I have available. So hopefully that won't be too much of a problem because right, right. Uh, but it, it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool, uh, and and I'm definitely excited to to be going to this and other pu pu new pu meeting new publishers and because a lot of them I pitched games to before, but when you have a new publisher that has never met you, being able to show a lot of games that you've been working on for quite a while uh, and it's fresh in their eyes. You, you can you can get some good interest and and even uh, uh, good feedback and stuff on, on on the things that they don't fall, I guess don't fit in their catalog because with this one specifically it was a, again a portfolio of 16 games and this was the first time a publisher instead of just mentioning the games that they were interested in they actually did like a little list of each one of the games and oh why why not it, 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 they were interested in, in taking a look at it uh and even gave me some feedback on the sell sheets like uh the wow which is nice which, yeah i mean it it, it was I, and i have had that before but not, not in the best sense it was kind of and, and we had that conversation about that before uh, right 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 where it was negative and not helpful yes yeah yeah so this one was actually helpful stuff so so it's it's cool uh uh Hopefully they'll they'll be interested in at least one of the designs. So we'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully next time I come to the podcast, I can talk more about that. Um, but uh, I I also like I said uh, on the previous one and before, I've kind of been on the on a binge of designing games from wish lists of mass market publishers. Right. Right. So I had uh, two meetings last week with some mass market publishers about some games that are in their existing catalog, games that have been around for a little while. And one of them, uh, one of the ideas that I brought forward, and, I, and you saw uh, what I'm talking about, the 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 thing. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And and they, they actually liked those ideas and, and said, uh, we need, if you can make a video, for tomorrow or two days from now, that would be great. And of course, this is kind of like a family game. I need people last minute to do a video. Uh, mm -hmm. And and I was actually able to do it. I have some neighbors and they got kids and and I was able to invite them over, have some pizza and play a game, record it. And they were, they were happy to do it. And, and I sent nice. that video. Uh, so hopefully something comes out of that. Um, And I had an introduction to a new publisher and was able to pitch uh, some games and even did some pitching for other games that they weren't really in their radar. And, and there was some interest in that as well. So, you know, at this point, 
in the time that I've been designing, interest is something that I definitely get. And it's obviously nice. It feels good. But it, it's definitely not getting, you know, it it, 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 right, can, right. it can still turn around and, and not turn out to anything, which is fine, obviously. Uh, right. But it, it is still exciting to have people interested in, in your designs. Yeah. And that's one of the lessons learned, I think, as you design more and work more in the industry. Um, I know in the beginning, like when Rob and I like, oh, somebody's interested in our game. Like you're just like, they're going to sign it. They're going <laughs> to. And then you realize that like, no, a lot of times when somebody says they're interested in your game, let me, let me see a prototype. They're like, there is like a 95% chance they are not going to sign that game. Now, as you get more further along that, I think those percentages change, but like, you know, when these people want to see eight, eight of your games, right they're not going to like buy eight of your games, right? I mean, they could yeah. like the chances of that really, no, but you're yeah. like, Hey, maybe they'll take one, right? Which is a huge <laughs> win. That's all you care about sell one game to them. And now you have seven more that they were interested in. You'll probably get some feedback on and you can move on yeah. and pitch those somewhere else. So true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely worthwhile. So yeah, even with the, like I said, they, uh, they called me to ask some questions, some rules questions, that's obviously things that I need to clarify on my rules right there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's great that they did because that means they cared enough to actually ask you questions. Whereas some publishers will just be like, I don't understand this and chuck it. Okay. You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, that's not helpful. <laughs> and it is something that I have never enjoyed writing rules. Uh, I can be good at them, but... I think I have, have been slacking a bit in the last couple of months when it comes to rules. And that has definitely hurt um, some of my newer designs, which are obviously, you know, in my opinion, good game, great games. Uh, but if, right. if you can't correlate how great a game is through your rules, then it's a bad game. So, And that's, you know, that's something interesting that's changed for me over time. I, I still don't feel like I'm good at writing rules. But I have become incredibly efficient at writing rules. Yeah. Um, I, I've created my format that I use for every game. Um, and I just, I, I mean, I can knock out rules for a fairly complex design in usually a couple hours to have where I'm like, wow, these are readable, these are usable. I usually wait a day, come back, I review it again, make a bunch of changes. And then I send it out to two or three different people, get their feedback on it. And then I bring it to whoever needs to see it, right? But um, I, I do think that it's something that, that is easy to slack on. Like, cause I know there are times when like I would slack on pieces of the rules, but by following the same format, it encourages me to not skip out on certain things, you know, yeah. Yeah. like I'd be like, well, that's part of the format. You got to put it in there. You don't have a choice. Right. Um, and that's something with like card definitions and stuff that I would, that I generally put in, even if it's not necessary, because for, especially for a prototype, I want them to be like, oh, I get it. Um, but like, because that's part of my format, I'm, I force myself to do it even though I don't want to. So, yeah. And one of the things, and, and I've talked about this before with uh, working with co-designers, I, you know, I like to work fast on, on designs and, uh, I, I actually do a lot of the prototyping side of things when it comes to when, when we're co-designing. So I kind of push the rules towards the co-designer. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and of course that's fine that's now. It kind of sucks when their rules format is not as good as yours. <laughs> right. I, I, um, you know, suffering from OCD and stuff, I can't handle 
letting someone else do the rules because of that. <laughs> so I always volunteer to write the rules, even when I hate it, uh, because I just, yeah, I just can't handle it. Um, yeah. 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 And, and I, I enjoy, uh, I don't enjoy writing them, but if I'm doing a lot of the other work, I definitely don't want to be doing all the work. Uh, I, 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 have always been the one that, hey, if we're going to be part of a team, if, even college and, and high school and all going back all that, then you got to pull your weight. Uh, and and mm -hmm. they and they have in many other ways when it comes to the design, but something physical. Right. I mean, I talking about things and ideas are great. And and uh, but working on the things is definitely more important because ideas are a diamond a dozen. We gotta, we gotta work on them. We gotta iterate and stuff like that, and and we need manpower for that or woman power. Power, people power. Power, exactly. People power. So, oh, that's great. PP. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's let's topic it up here. One other thing before we go. Oh. Uh, on okay. The, on the topic, uh, I one, I I remember that I talked about the Zenobia Award. Uh, yes. so in, yes, in I do. August 15th, so a couple days from now, and by the time we release this podcast, they'll be announcing the top 10 finalists. So I think after that, they, the finalists, we can do some iteration on our design based on some feedback, and then it'll go towards the final stretch on that. So hopefully that, that, that works out. Obviously it's, it's my most complicated design. So Having to iterate on it is, is something that I'm dreading, but I'm definitely excited if, if I can be on that finalist uh, list. So, yeah, I, I am hoping for you too, man, because that is uh, super duper cool. And I, I'm excited you made it this far, but I, um, yeah, I, I think I think you're going to make it. That's my prediction. I'm just going to say that. I appreciate the vote of confidence. I've not seen the game, but it sounds cool, and I know you know what you're doing. So, it's going to be great. <laughs> Okay, so topic, what do we have, uh, what did we promise the builders that we were going to talk about? Yeah, so last week we um, we talked about a lot about designing to spec, specifically the kind of several different ways you can design a spec. I'm not going to go through all those, but they included, yep. you know, designing for wish lists of publishers, designing, you know, for different types of, you know, just you say, I'm going to design to the spec, that sort of thing, right? And one of the things that came up was, uh, you know, you and I have had get, gotten games back either from publishers or gotten, you know, we've designed for a wish list and made it a ways down that line. Um, and, you know, in those cases, we're designing for, for IP stuff uh, to where, like, if you really like, mm -hmm. I, I know for myself and you too, that like theme is very important, right? So like when you make a game that's supposed to be an IP or a specific theme, like it, it's ingrained in that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then when you when you try to to strip that out when you get it back because you're like this design's really good, how do I make it not about this? And you know we we talked about the the idea of decoupling the rejects, uh, and I love I love that um, I love that phrase uh, that you coined last time. So um, so I said you know let's let's talk about that this time, um, and so we want to talk about that in a couple different ways, uh, like we said. If you're designing for a wish, wish list, if you're designing for a contest, yeah. um, uh, that generally you may like, there may be a reason why you say, well, I designed for this contest, but now I don't want it to be like this since I didn't win the contest. 
Um, maybe the contest was super restrictive and you are, can go a little bigger now. Yeah. Or you had a game signed, a publisher really had a theme ingrained in it, and then they gave it back. It just happened to me. It's happened to you. Um, you know, and then working from there uh, backwards to try and figure out how to make it different. So that's what we're going to, we're going to enlighten you all on how to do with that. Cause we're experts at it. I'm just kidding. We're not, <laughs> uh, we're actually, we're actually struggling with it. Right. We had struggled a bit with the idea of it and we said, well, let's talk it through, uh, with everybody and, uh, and see what information we can provide and what we can come up with, uh, while chatting. Does yeah. That sound good. Yeah, uh, sounds great. So uh, I'll start. While you were talking, I was just going. It was it was like a going through my design life right there, just kind of things happening here, <laughs> things happening there, and I'm like, wow, this has happened to me a lot. Now, the first one that came to mind uh, was climbing for coconuts, and for those that don't know, that's mm, one of my designs mm -hmm. for the Korea Board Games Design Contest like two years ago, and. It is such a great game, but the thing with that game is that you are using, and again, for those of you that don't know, you're using the game Coconuts as the base for this other game. And this is a game from Korea so, War Games, and essentially using these... So literally, <laughs> yeah, you're using the actual game. It's not even an IP, it's the same damn game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're using the game as, as a base, and... For my design, I originally went, and I can talk about this, of course, because this is public knowledge, but I went and said, okay, I'm going to use this theme, but I want to use the game, and I want to make it like, okay, this is going to be the Coconuts 2. Um, and and I kind of did, and I think you've playtested this, right? And at an Origins have, or yeah, something? Yeah, it was at Origins, yeah, yep. Yes, so so in, in this one, I, I used the monkeys, the catapulting monkeys, and I made this contraption where the you're using the box and you have this uh, palm tree coming out. So I did this tube and these, these little leaves, and you're trying to, uh, you know, uh, use the whole catapulting and get it into the center of the, on the, the box. There's like a one space, a two space, and a three space mm -hmm. that's right on top of the palm tree. And and then you're using those those numbers to climb out with smaller monkeys. So production wise, it was quite a uh, quite a production. Uh, and and the game, you know, it got second place on that. So and the second place price was like five hundred dollars. So at least I got something from it. But it is one of those things that that once you know second place doesn't get consideration for publication, I'm like, what am I gonna do with this game? <laughs> And I'm telling you, every time my niece, she's six, comes over, she wants to play that game. Uh, and to the point where I'm actually tired, I'm like, let's play another game. Um, and and I'm like, okay, what can I do to change it? So, so at this point, you've got a mechanism that is pretty ingrained there. You're using catapults, which is something unique, right? And then you have this tower that involves in the catapult. Uh, and I'm like, what can I do here? And, and I'm essentially pitching a game here because I have had this idea for over a year. I just haven't gotten around to it. And also in the previous year, there's been very similar things going on, especially with catapults and stuff like that, you know, crossbows and catapults and, uh, catapult kingdoms and games like that. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to come compete in that range right now. And, and that's something that we always have to consider, right? Because you are not just competing with a with an IP that was already rejected on, but you are competing with similar things that a lot of the times 
people go towards what's popular and that can go to your benefit if it gets picked up but then a detriment if it's not um so i'm like okay i can do mm-hmm. like the whole catapult thing and then have a tower and you're maybe rescuing a princess or prince or king or queen or or royalty somebody uh and and you're kind of you know throwing and uh, the rocks to defeat the the army that's defending the tower or something like that um so that's that's something that i have had in mind and I know that the game, the base of it, when it was coming for Coconuts, it's great. It's fun. Uh, obviously, the production side of things is something that I, I am still kind of considering. How can I make it cheaper in that sense? And I actually, right, right. Uh, a couple of months ago, I ordered uh, bouncy balls. Uh, and I'm like, maybe. Okay. I, so instead of using the catapults, I'm going to be using bouncy balls to to do the the <laughs> the dexterity element and i'm got rid of the catapults there uh so i have the bouncy balls i just haven't gotten around to making the prototype but see you 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 don't have to limit yourself to what you already have there's definitely other things that you can do obviously some themes are more rooted than others and this one was pretty rooted mm-hmm. uh, but but ultimately it's a game right so y- you can definitely have um whoop, magic and it changes to something else and e- even if it may feel fa- pasted on i think you can still do a, a good work on it mm-hmm. yeah no i think that that is that's a really good point um you know i think so many times we trap ourselves and say like well the game won't function without this one thing and and it will right you just you have to think around it um and, you know, a, a point with the theme being in really ingrained, um, you know, I think that's less of a, um, I think that's less of a, um, as of an issue than we think it is. And, and a case in point, tonight you and I chatted before the show for about 30 minutes about uh, the game, one of the games I got back. Uh, and we chatted through theme ideas and we came up with what? five to six different theme ideas yeah. that actually they weren't all good first of all i mean some of them were like they weren't great but they the bad ones we, were, were from they, jason by the way the best one the best one was from you but but anyways <laughs> what what matters is what i'm saying here is that like we that quickly just going back and forth came up with ideas that worked theme wise and every single one of them was better than the theme it had right and every single one of them was somewhat justified in the theme. It wasn't yeah. like, this isn't possible. And before we sat down, like I, I was really struggling with that. Um, you know, and, and I think, so I think that that is something that I think a piece of good advice is to take a step back and, and really like talk to a fellow designer, talk to another yeah. person uh, and try to just like kind of riff back and forth on the idea to see if you can figure out a better way to, um, to, to make that theme work or, you know, even component wise. Right. Like, I mean, like to, like to say like, Hey, what, what are some different ideas I could use for this component? Like if I was trying to do this, how might you do it? Right. Um, because people are never as constrained as we are of our own ideas. Right. <laughs> like we yeah. build the constraints to ourselves. Yeah. And, and here, here's, here's the deal. Uh, we've obviously talked about how iteration with a design that's not working or something that's shelved 
you we always say you know maybe leave it on the shelf for a while come back to it later now with this one i think it's definitely harder than a game that's not working because it's a game that's working right and mm-hmm. it is i think it makes it a little harder for you to kind of disconnect the working parts and change it into something that still works but it's different from what you originally intended it to be so that's i think that's a that's mm-hmm. a great advice having somebody outside of yourself uh look it through their fresh eyes and and give some some advice on it uh so yeah that, that that's that's great on that yeah yeah um what else what are what are your other thoughts so uh obviously with uh one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this was for mass market games and this one i think it's it's obviously a little harder uh because you've got something that's so well known and everybody knows about it and when you are designing it you have that in mind and you're trying to have it connect so well that when you show it you're like okay that, that that's definitely what we wanted on a theme sense but maybe it's not the type of game that we were looking for so okay now for for me and i have talked about the game pizza life um that game came from from a design that had to do with food so it was a publisher that was look has an ip that was food based and uh obviously this one uh, came together fairly quickly because the food that i originally had for that game and this game is kind of like you're relating anything in the world to pizza so uh, a phone charger how much would you give for for pizza size of a pizza would you give for a phone charger i don't know but i'm trying to guess what yours is right so for the, i was using a different type of food for that same mechanism so that one actually translated fairly well especially since pizza actually works better because pizza is the type of food that everybody likes in some sense or another mm-hmm. but let's say on your sense and this is great to conversation here because you made a design for a game that used the same theme but obviously it was a different yep. game so i think for you yep. it's it's a it's a little harder than for it was for me see it it wasn't so our <laughs> our theme let's let's just say i think this is a safe way to say this our theme was our original theme was something kind of like clones and that's not going to make sense to you but julio's going to understand what it means so so something like there were there were a lot of clones uh, and you were trying to decipher uh, which clone was the original person, kind of, right? That's kind of a safe way to say that. Um, the original what? So what? Person. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> funny, 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 funny. Yeah. So, um, so, so anyways, uh, so what, what I ended up doing was, oh, not what I, what we ended up doing was we ended up turning that into uh something that had nothing to do with with people or clones and instead turned it into something that had to do with things that could happen like um you know uh futures or things that could happen and trying to pick the actual correct thing that's going to happen um and really then all of the variables that we had assigned just got reassigned into new categories so for us it was pretty easy because like well I felt like the theme was pretty ingrained honestly like I it was actually really pasted on when oh. I thought about it afterwards so and so that's was, why it wasn't picked up huh 
Yeah. Hey, okay, neither was yours, buddy. But I do think <laughs> I do think yours was easier because yours was literally like, oh, what if I just make it pizza? Like your game got arguably better just by that theme switch, whereas ours is going to require some work to make it as interesting and as good. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, that is a little more that is a little more lifting, but it wasn't as hard as, as any of us would have expected it to be, is what I wanted to get out there. Yeah, so it really isn't working on our case that uh, on the conversation here, right? So, so what, which, what situation has have you had where it's been hard? And uh, right. now, right now, I, I have one. Yeah, I have a very okay. specific one. Go ahead. Can, Go yeah. ahead. So, all right. So, so I, gosh, I'm trying to just think of how to word this. So Kelly and I submitted a game um, that was an incredibly specific ip like incredibly specific we're not talking about something that's like oh it could be like this huge theme or this huge like you know franchise it was incredibly specific with what it was um to the point where every piece of the design was built around that super specificity um and it was uh because we had to do that like Every movement mechanic, every every single piece of it, all revolved around this hyper specific IP, um, and and to the point where we couldn't even like like names that we came up with for certain actions and stuff, like we can't even use those names because they're so. Um, and so that one is is tough because mm. basically it's um it's a pick up and deliver game. It's so it's a pick up and deliver game. Um, that works really, really well with this specific theme. Um, but now we have to figure out how to make it basically like the general theme, right? Cause there's kind of a general overarching theme, which is actually a theme you see in games quite a bit. Um, and then this hyper specific piece to it. And we actually have to like completely wipe away that general theme because the general theme is the dead giveaway for what it is. Right. Hmm. Um, and uh, and they're they're moving forward with the game. I'm pretty certain. Um, so that game is going to come out, um, not designed by us, obviously. Um, and so, so yeah. So it's just like trying to figure out different ways to use it. Um, and one of the things Kelly and I talked about on the show was we actually took an idea from that game, a path building idea that we had, and we took that idea and we turned it into a completely different game. Um, but we still now have this pretty solid game that's just a little. Not, it doesn't quite fit uh, with what the company needed. So yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out how you completely change the theme. And, and I know that it's possible, right? You know, um, but it's, but we are, that is, that one is certainly a struggle. That's a very specific case where, um, and there was no idea for the game before the entire game was born out of that pitch. And we, we didn't just like make a pitch. Like we made the, we made the game. Like we played the game a bunch. We made the game. Um, so we went very far down the rabbit hole, if you will. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously it was a little hard for that one. Now, it, I, I understand that for the builders out there having these conversations, it's a little hard because they don't know what games we're talking about. So I, right. I'm just going to bring it back to, to another design. And this is one that I can talk about because sometimes as designers, we just really want to work on a theme, on a specific theme and, if, and on a specific yep, yep. IP. And we design a game without uh, anybody asking and anybody looking for it. And for me, one of those games, and I don't know if I've 
if I pitched this in the past, but uh, and I think I have Dice Dice Revolution. Yes, yes, you have, and that's it. Sounds super interesting. Yeah, you you pitched that one a long time ago. Yeah, it's back it, right I, when you started with the podcast. Yes, yes. So so in that one, as you all might know, might think it, it uses the theme of Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, and you're using dice, and it uses music as one of the main mechanisms of interaction. And you're rolling the dice towards in the box, and it, it's simultaneous play, and it has this little party element going on. Uh, but obviously, it's linked to a theme and an IP that I cannot get, and maybe nobody's really looking for one right now. Right, right. Now. I have actually had some good success on pitching this this game. I, there have been some interest, and and the people that have been interested and in said, you know, we can still do the the same game. It just doesn't have to be that theme. It could just be a music theme game, uh, and it could still work really well. And and you can see that a lot of games out there do that. They kind of take that nostalgia element. Uh, from different IPs and try to incorporate it into a design that may seem a little generic, but it still works. I mean, you see, you you think of something like you know, Lost Ruins of Arnak, right? Uh, that's that's kind of has like a whole Indiana Jones vibe to it, but the game it's its, its own game, right? Right. 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 So so even if if you have a game that's using a specific IP, uh, it don't don't be against using that same general theme into the design and keep going forward with it because you may be lucky and find somebody that's looking for the ip but also the game can still work as a general way and sometimes even be better uh of that any other game that could have an ip pace uh, uh, on it because and and this has changed obviously in the last couple of years and Prospero Hall has helped a lot with that. But IP games are obviously now really, you know, some a lot of them are really good. Some are still pretty bad. Um, but, <laughs> but so were some hobby games. <laughs> oh, oh no, yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't, yeah. I mean, IP games uh, uh, obviously have one thing in them is that you get a percentage of a percent when you're when you're uh, uh, royalty rise, which you usually kind of do when you're designing a game but this is usually lower but you get recompensed by the fact that there's a lo- larger print run and yeah it's and much that kind larger of, usually yeah as we were talking about last last week uh these well the reason why we want to do something like that obviously one of them is because we love that ip we are emotionally attached to it from our youth or something that we really enjoy right now uh but a lot uh, another good thing when it comes to games is that there, there's money in them in them you know when yeah you open them and sometimes cash in the box (laughs) (laughs) not that way not that way uh but you know they're they have larger print runs usually and and that means uh uh, more royalty and of course uh if the game's really good then it can definitely uh be uh, a a a great way to gain funds that way right but ultimately the the first one is what really kind of sticks with people you want to design it because it's something that you are you are connected with um now right right. uh which do you have another one that you want to talk about involving this specifically well i think what i want to point out for this is it's something i didn't say when i was talking about this just a minute ago on this specific example so 
so some of the games, as we're saying, are pretty easy, right? Some of them are like, you can just say, oh, I'll swap this one thing. But for the ones that are really difficult, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to ask yourself this question is two questions. One, is the game worth the amount of work it's going to take to change it, right? Because I think it's important to ask yourself, why didn't the company take the game, right? Like what was, is the game inherently not good enough for what I wanted to do? Um, and I think that that's a serious question you have to honestly ask yourself. Like in the case of the game that Kelly and I worked on, was the game not good enough? I don't know. What I do know is the feedback they gave wasn't that the game wasn't good enough. In fact, the feedback that they gave was that they enjoyed the game very much. However, it didn't fit the specific, like there was a little too much to it. They just didn't quite fit what they needed. Um, and other options I think did. So, so ask yourself that question first to just legitimately say like, is this game something that, that I think is worth turning into something different? Am I, is it worth all this work? No. But then second is if it is, cause then this, if it is, then your second question you have to ask yourself is, am I willing to put in all that work? Right. Um, because if you, if you're, if you are great, do it. If you're not, um, then I think, I think whether or not you are, or you're not, then there's one more question to ask yourself. I'm going to throw in a bonus third question. And that question is, <laughs> could, would it be better if I just took some things that I loved about this game mm -hmm. and did something completely new with it? Right. Um, and that obviously is something that, you know, you've already mentioned a bit, but like, I, I, that really is something that you can just do, just steal some stuff from the game, take the things you love, uh, and turn it into something else. I mean, that's when I was showing Julio, my one game tonight, uh, the, the big thing was, I love these two things about the game. I think there's something very clever here. I think it's very good. Everything else about the game can disappear. I don't care. I want to save this core mechanism because I'm really proud of it. And I think it's unique. Um, and luckily you were like, I think so too. You weren't like, no, it's garbage, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like that. So I think that that's something to ask yourself is, can I just steal a piece of that and turn it into something else? Um, and would that be a better option? And if the answer is no, and you're willing to put the work in, then by golly, put the work in and do it. Right. But if you're not, don't waste your time because, you know, you know, because it's just, it's, it's not worth it. If, if, if you don't like it enough to do that. If the only reason you love that game is because it was like a, uh, you know, it was, oh man, I really want to make a Ninja Turtles game and this is a Ninja Turtles game. And now that it's not, I don't care anymore. Like that's then, then, then steal a couple mechanisms you think are clever and make a new game. That's got nothing to do with that. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's, that's my thought. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And that has been the case even with games that are not necessarily IP based, because like you said earlier in, in, in the podcast is that we sometimes have had a game just being returned to us. And maybe this is the fifth, 10th time that this game has been rejected in some sense. So there's obviously interest in the game. It just doesn't go over that other hurdle of it's a great game to publish. Right. So there's something. There's always something in it, and to your point, it's probably a mechanism or some sort of hook in the game, but it's just not enough. Uh, so I have definitely done that, where I really enjoy a mechanism, and I had talked about a game of mine, Rise, that uh, you are uh, are necromancers and you're bringing back adventurers to go through a dungeon. Uh, That's a fun one. 
Yeah, and and that game uh, came from a couple of other mechanisms that have been abandoned in some sense, even from games that are gonna get published, and they abandoned mechanisms that I really liked, and I'm, I really want to mm-hmm. make another game with that mechanism. Uh, so even a game that has been uh, picked up and a game that that hasn't, I could, took a couple and I essentially did a Frankenstein game, and it's kind of like a Frankenstein game on both sense. Uh, <laughs> And and it, it I, and it's something that I, I I really enjoy, and it is one that I hopefully can can uh, pitch more in the future, and and we'll see how that one turns out. So you're giving new life, man. I keep going, I keep doing it. It's not perfect. You keep giving new life to to, to different games, uh, and and that's definitely something that. But to your sense, at least for us, you know, we we've got so much. You got we got a lot of stuff to be working on. So is is it really? Uh, worth our time to be working on this and keep working on it and and maybe it's not going to work out but sometimes it is so it really depends on where your priorities are at yeah yeah and that's that is the priorities you know and 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 where plug for a former episode your goals are at and does this align with your goals right um and, you know, don't be like, so I, I just a little anecdote from when I first started in, in builders who've been around for a long time, know this and Julio, I think knows this, but you know, so my, my first game design that got signed, uh, was called Gunsling and Ramblers. It was a cowboy fighting game, uh, like a poker play and fighting game. And it wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't very good, honestly. And it got, it, it got, go back to episode uh, 15 and he'll yeah, say it's the best thing in the like world. That, yeah. <laughs> At the time, I thought it was. At the time, I was really proud of it, you know. Um, but I mean, that was that was a long time ago. Um, so, so it, you know, there was like two publishers really wanted it. I sold one. That publisher ended up being not good. I asked it back. I asked for it back. That publisher has never published anything um, that was going to be their launch title, so I got it back. Uh, then it was sold to Van Ryder Games, who was very excited about it, and then I got it back from them when they changed kind of what they were looking to do. Um, and at that point, I was super invested in that game, right? I actually owned art for that game because I bought it from the first publisher. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, it's you you learn, right, as you go. And I was, but I was super attached to that game. And I was like, I have to make this game work. I have to make this game work. And maybe I'll publish it myself. And then, and then one day I just thought, you know what? No, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop working on this. And you know what? That was awesome it was absolutely awesome uh in the years since then you know maybe i've said it on the set of this on the show that i and i'm gonna contradict myself here but i don't think like in my heart of hearts i've ever said gosh i wish i was still working on this game in mm-hmm. fact if anything i think gosh i wish i would have gave up on that game sooner because i i i spent a lot of time sinking into that game that you know and that was a game where i was constantly i wasn't trying to decouple it from the theme uh, but I was certainly trying to improve it and take it back and and make it work better and uh, yeah and that was just I was wrong. Yeah, and sometimes so, that's the push we need, right? Because uh, a lot of us uh, have have maybe are working on on one, two, maybe three games, and we're just so attached to a lot of the times that first design, and and maybe you just need that little encouragement that hey, it's okay to just abandon it. And you can say to yourself, oh, mm-hmm. it's only been yep. for a while, but you may not get back to it. Uh, but that's just maybe the push you need to to work on something else. There's definitely other stuff out there 
that we can work on. There's definitely not a lack of uh, of ideas of games that you could be working on. Uh, so so don't limit yourself to to those uh, IPs or mechanisms that you really uh, like. Again, if, if you want to spend the time, yes, it's up yes. to you. But don't limit yourself. Yeah, don't don't get overly attached. You know, I mean, that's something that we've constantly, constantly thrown out there, right? Don't get too attached to your stuff. Um, and this is, I think, a, another really good time to remember that. Yep, yep, yep. So one game that I haven't talked about uh, regarding this topic is one that I'll be pitching because since the last time I did elude that I have a pitch with a mass market publisher and they said, oh, we have a game using a similar mechanism coming out next month. And I'm like, well, shoot. Uh, <laughs> well, I, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I obviously didn't know that. They don't share that stuff with me. So uh, I I would like to know that before spending all this time on this game. So to that point, I'm like, okay, I already spent better part of my vacation in Puerto Rico testing this game. Uh, so how can I change it? And I'm going to be a little slick here. So you will, pro you know, builders out there, you'll probably figure out the the theme and the IP of this game by the time I, I, I finish here. So the game here is called Thief Con. So in this game, each player is a thief and you are making plans to steal uh, a certain treasure. Uh, now you can steal that treasure in a lo specific location and with the help of, of a certain uh, specialist. So it's actually a roll and write game. And this is a game that I wanted, okay, I'm using this IP, so I want to make this game as cheap as possible for a roll and write. And what is that? Just paper and dice. So in this game, you are essentially, it's uh, it's two to seven players. So that was another good thing that I had going on because it was a big player count, and it, and it still is. But in this game, you are rolling four dice, and the dice just have pit, pip numbers in them. Uh, and one that's, this is kind of a cool mechanism that I've had for a while is that you roll the four dice and then you pick two of those dice for yourself. And then the other two is for everybody else. Um, so, so that's just how, how that works. And again, the, the two numbers, you, you use them for yourself and you fill them out on your, on your sheet. And then the other two dice, everybody fills it out on their sheets. So what are you trying to do here? So you have three sections. Like I said, you're trying to steal a treasure. You're trying to steal it at a location, and you're trying to hire a specialist to do to help you do it. So you have three location, uh, three sections of your sheet that you're trying to fill out, and you have seven different things on each one. So you got 21 items, and so seven are treasures, seven are locations, and seven are specialists. And your one, each one of them works a little different on how you're filling it out. And as of now, you've got four spaces next to each of them that you're trying to fill out. But one thing I didn't say, this is a, a deduction game. Okay, so this is a roll and write deduction game. So, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've never heard of a single one of those before. Not one. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so in this one, uh, what you are doing here is that you are filling out the one of the things, of the three things, and once you fill one out, you have to... Uh, say that you got a lead of what you're going to be stealing. And you say three things. So you say your treasure, 
your location and the and the specialist. Now, only one of those things you have filled out, right? Obviously, everybody else doesn't know what the what the one thing is, but you give them three of them, and they have to write down those that information because if you fill three out, one of each, one treasure, one location, one specialist, at the start of your turn, if you have filled them out, you win. Okay. But how do you mm-hmm. not win if it seems like you just want to fill three things out and that's it? Because there's a mechanism that you can you can block leads. And what that means is that you can also use your dice to fill out something on the bottom uh, and that'll unlock a block. So once you give those three things when you have filled out, people have to tell you if they have filled out any of those three things. So you're not just giving information, you're asking for information. So, okay, uh, let's say, uh, you know, I, I, I hear about stealing the diamond in the mansion uh, with the hacker, right? So, uh, Jason, if, I, you know, I filled out the diamond. You don't know that. But let's say you have filled out the hacker. And I said hacker because you had said it in the past. You have to say, yes, I filled one of those three. So I can deduce mm-hmm. that you have filled it out. And then I can use a block and say, hey, the hacker is not available anymore. So now you have to fill another specialist. So it has that cool little deduction element of, okay, let's, uh, let, let's see who's the first one that can do it without uh, giving, uh, being clever with the way you give information. That's very important on that one. So I changed the theme. And I think at this point, you all may know what this theme is. Uh, now, I am... Uh, I, I, I don't have a clue what theme you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe. Well, hopefully, you uh, uh, builders do know. Um, so, uh, one thing obviously with this one is that it's pretty bland because you only have four dies and a piece of paper. Now, if that I'm considering taking this game to to uh, maybe hobby and stuff like that. So, I, I don't think that's enough right now. So, I I, I want to still that I think that it is a cool mechanism. What I uh, came up with for this so having something to spice up the the theme could work instead of using dice at this point i am considering using uh the sort of flip and write thing where you have you you know you flip one and you have maybe two or four and and maybe one has specific items that are on the sheet and some have the general type of uh either item location or specialist and that's how you play around with it and and because honestly, the the original one, the theme was barely there because you were only using dice in a sheet, so that right, right. So that could that definitely hurts it. So I have that, and that's just a, a deck of cards. Hopefully that I can come up with, and and I'll have it ready to to pitch it. And I think it, it is a definitely a, a fun game. And you know, run right deduction is not something that you know. It there's definitely a couple out there, but right, yeah, but not not a lot. Yeah. And frankly, yeah, I'm I'm sure that what you're doing sounds like a really interesting take on it. And so, yeah, no, no, I I like it. I, I would be interested to see what it's like. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so I I that's one that I'll probably work on get that deck together for for the gathering. And it's one of those that okay, it's I have to print a deck and cut it. So I think it's that's doable. <laughs> right, right, right. That of all of them, that probably sounds a little easier than, uh, yeah, some of them might be. Yeah. Yeah. But that is uh, ThiefCon. 
Thief Con. I like that. Thief Con. Yeah. It's a play on words. So, But essentially, you're on a thief convention. And you're kind of showing off what your plan is to steal the next big thing. Right. No, I, I think that – I do think that – um I do think that that – so knowing – you know, being able to guess what theme probably you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I do feel like that is a good uh, change up of that, that, that keeps it in the same vein, but different enough that like, it'll have a familiar feeling, but not like a, like a bad familiar feeling, you know? So yeah. 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 <laughs> so hopefully uh, the builders out there have gotten something out of our rambling. Uh because I, I hope I, so. I hope so. I think I definitely did. So it's always good to learn something new every, each and every single day. That's a good mantra. I concur with you, sir. So, all right. Well, yes, builders, I hope you learned a lot. I promise we won't let Julio come back for a very long time. Probably a good month or so here because uh, he's <laughs> going to go to the gathering and, and then I'm going to have some other guests on. And so, yeah, it's going to be all great. Uh, yes. next and episode, we and should... I'll be able to share some good stuff when I can't get back. Hopefully, it'll be cool stuff. And I can't wait to hear. Uh, next episode, we should have um, uh, a, a recording from Kelly, Neil, and I as we talk about our game design retreat that we are doing. Uh, so, you know, builders, at. you know which one to skip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, anyways, it should be a good one because we will be going through the going through working out how we're talking about the games and the the game we're working on one specific game project uh we're pretty excited about it so yeah. of course i was kidding right. you know i really like neil and kelly you know they're they're really yeah. great yeah. guys the other guy you know they are they are pretty great aren't they i hey of all of them i'm the least cool i'll, I'll take that so that's <laughs> uh, yeah fine. i can't agree with that <laughs> <laughs> so all right uh, yeah, so builders, if you want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, uh, come check us out at buildingthegamepodcast.com. Find our Discord channel. Check us out there. Uh, also, find us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Call us at 770-HOTEL-BTG. Uh, the Twitter is, of course, the best place in the world to find us uh, at podcastbtg, at J.E. Slingerland, at Hu Nasaru. Uh, and also keep coming back every single week and loving it. But until next time. Good night. Buenas noches. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>